Please turn with me in the Word of God to Psalm 23. You will also find this on page 3 uh, in the bulletin. This is the word of the living and true God. Please give it your full attention. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. May God bless the reading of his word. Let's go for our Lord prayer. Our Lord, our God, we're so thankful for your word. We're so thankful for Jesus, the one who stands at the center of that word. We are so thankful, Lord, uh, for the gift of the Spirit. We do pray, Lord, that the word and spirit would work in our hearts, that we might behold Jesus, that we would know that he is our only hope in this life and the one to come that we might know that he is the author and perfecter of our faith, that we might know that he is the one to whom all praise belongs. Please be with us now. We do pray this in his precious name. Amen. I want to thank you so much for uh, your prayers on my behalf over the past year. Uh, when I was taken to the hospital on the evening of March uh, 23rd, uh, things did not look good from an earthly perspective. I was diagnosed with COVID, pneumonia uh, in both lungs, and a blood clot in my left lung. Uh, with doctors standing over me, I was asked uh, if they had permission, if needed, to ventilate. I didn't answer that question, but I did everything else the doctor said. Um, wearing an oxygen mask on full, IV in the arm, uh, the uh, electrocardiogram plugs and wires everywhere, uh, I laid on my stomach. Um, it turns out that the inflammation in your lung lessens when you lay on your stomach. And I concentrated on uh, one breath at a time. Uh, breathing through my nose and exhaling through my mouth. And I did that through this period uh, that was uh, so severe. Uh, minute after minute, hour after hour, uh, day after day. But I added something uh, that the doctors didn't tell me. And that is, during that whole time, I recited Psalm 23. I prayed Psalm 23. Um, that's all I thought about uh, was that blessed portion of Scripture 
if the Lord was going to take me to himself, I could think of no better pillow uh, for dying. But turning to Psalm 23 was more than trusting God in adversity. Uh, it was also thanking him for the goodness and mercy that he had poured out upon me in this life. Well, the Lord was merciful. My health started to improve. And as it started to improve and I was lying there in that hospital bed, I started to think about preaching. And I thought, uh, when I get better, and if the Lord enables me to preach again, I'm going to preach on Psalm 23. And so being with you here this morning is an answer to prayer, as I have the privilege to share with you the good news from the 23rd Psalm. Well, Psalm 23 is about the Lord who is the shepherd, but it's also personal. It's about the Lord who is our shepherd. It's about the shepherd who has gone before us, and the shepherd who loves us, and the shepherd who cares for us. And so much is that the case, that the promise of Psalm 23 is that the Lord is our shepherd, we shall not want. I mean, is there a more comforting verse in Scripture? We'd be hard-pressed um, because this is a verse that we take to heart in our pilgrimage throughout this life. And in regard to the 23rd Psalm, this opening verse is the key verse. Every blessing that follows flows from this declaration. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But the question is, the question to be asked is, what is meant by not wanting? Does this mean we're going to get everything we want in this life? Uh, does this mean that every prayer is going to be answered um, the way we want it? Um, according to Martin Luther, that the great uh, Reformed theologian, when we come to Psalm 23 in that opening verse, in view are not the things of this world which are passing away. This is what Luther said. Luther said, The world glories and trust and honor, power, riches, and the favor of men. Our psalm, however, glories in none of these, for they are all uncertain and perishable. The Lord is my shepherd speaks a sure, certain faith, which turns its back upon everything temporal and transitory. Luther was right. When we come to the psalm and we confess together with David, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, what we are doing is we're directing our gaze to the Lord God himself. And we're confessing that he's the one at the center of our life. And we're confessing that the meaning in our life is found in relationship to him. So even if you are uh, experiencing physical hardship, as I was in that hospital, you know you're going to be okay. You know that you will either be preserved to serve the Lord here on this earth, or you will be with him in glory. Either way, the Lord, your shepherd, is with you. You're not going to want. He's the one who loves you, preserves you, 
cares for you. And how much so is this the case? Verse 2 tells us. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Now, some of you know me. I am a farm boy. However, in Philadelphia, I will never know. But I grew up on a farm in eastern Ohio. But it was not a farm with sheep. It was a farm with cattle. There's only one episode uh, that was sheep in my upbringing. Uh, my grandparents were separated. But they both lived on the farm. And so one summer, one year, my grandmother, to get under the skin of my grandfather, decided she's going to have sheep. And she did it because she wanted to affect his pasture in regard to where the cattle were grazing. And so I can still remember him and his German brogue uh, uh, yelling, your, your sheep are ruining my pasture. Now, um, she uh, got rid of him after that year. I think she had made her point to him. So I know nothing about sheep other than that. But there's a wonderful book. I cannot recommend this book highly enough. And it's called The Lord Our Shepherd. And it was written by uh, Douglas Macmillan. And Douglas Macmillan is one of the great Scottish preachers of the, of the, the uh, mid to late 20th century. A wonderful theologian, a wonderful preacher. But before Macmillan went off to become a preacher, he spent 12 and a half years as a shepherd. Every day, waking up at 3 o'clock going out and being with the sheep the entire day until the sun went down. And so he writes this book about Psalm 23 and also about the experience of his being a shepherd. And he has such wonderful insights. And he states that when you're a shepherd with sheep, one of the things you quickly realize is they're always afraid. They're always afraid. And that means that uh, you have trouble getting them to lie down. They're frightened because they're vulnerable. They can't fight. They can't run. They can't hide. They're really dependent upon the shepherd to protect them. And uh, that's the same with us. Uh, there's so many things that rattle us in this life. So many things that keep us up at night that are beyond us. Well, the wonderful thing of Scripture and the wonderful blessings of being united to this shepherd is that he's the one who seeks to give us peace, to dispel the fear in our life. Uh, he wants us to, uh, to lie down in green pastures. He wants us to, to be beside still waters. And that's what he does. Um, he brings us to that place of the screen still that we might eat and drink and be refreshed. And the Lord looks out over us. He provides for our needs. We are not going to be lacking. But it's not just uh, the earthly needs. He also provides for us spiritually. Um, for he knows that for our provision, for our rest, we need more than earthly provisions. He knows that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And that's what he does. He provides for us 
through his word and the gift of the spirit. And he makes sure that we're spiritually fed. But his care for us doesn't stop there. Uh, for as we read in verse 3, he restores our souls. That is, when we stray, and we're sheep, we're going to stray. When we stray, he restores our souls. So again, the imagery here of shepherding and what happens with shepherd and sheep is so very important. So on the one hand, the sheep are always frightened. And they, they, they're just, you, you can't get them to calm down. But on the other hand, the sheep come to the conclusion, I, I know it's best. There's an easier way. There's a softer option. And so what sheep do is they go and look out for the soft ground, the real comfortable ground, and then they lie down. And what happens is it's one of the most deadly, if not the deadliest thing that happens to any sheep because they become cast. And what that means is the ground is so soft that they can't get their legs back up under them. In other words, they cannot get up from this spot. And once they cannot get up and their legs are stuck, then the blood stops circulating to the three, in their three stomachs as it should. It's a very deadly condition. Friends, when we stray and we seek out the soft option in this life um, and we are in peril, we have the promise that the Lord our shepherd restores us. He's the one there to save us, to be with us. He does not let us destroy ourselves. When we are seeking out the soft option, the broader path, uh, that option which is contrary to the word of God, he knows the danger that it is to us. He lifts us out and he restores us. But he doesn't stop there. Verse 3 continues, He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So, I grew up on the farm. It was a cattle farm. And so I knew a lot, always, about the cows getting out. The fence is broken, the cows are out. Uh, that repetition all through my youth. So what do you do when the cows get out? You herd them. You get behind them and you drive them. Do you notice the imagery here? It's not the, the same with sheep uh, and the shepherd. Um, the Lord our shepherd doesn't get behind us and drive us. He goes before us and leads us in the paths of righteousness. Now, unlike uh, Eastern Ohio with fences, Palestine uh, in Jesus' day didn't have fences. Uh, and the shepherds and the sheep, uh, the shepherd would go before the sheep and lead them on the path. And he did so for two purposes. One was to protect the sheep, any enemy of the sheep, anything that attacked the sheep. The shepherd was there in front to keep uh, those who were trying to, to harm the sheep away. But secondly, because you didn't have fences, what you would have is you have those places where the sheep could graze, but you would also have those places where the crops were. And what would happen if, if the sheep were not led, they might go into the crops. 
and they would eat and destroy the field. And then the shepherd would be liable. So the, the, the Lord, the shepherd here, again, he's not a cowboy. He's not leading. Uh, he's not driving the, uh, the sheep, but rather he's the one that goes before protecting them, making sure they stay on the narrow path. It's a beautiful imagery we have here. And then we have added to it that he does this for his own name's sake. Think of this, friends. The Lord, your shepherd, the one who goes before you, that keeps you from harm's way, defends you from his and your enemies, that one who keeps you from come, going into destruction, he's the one who's going before you uh, in doing this for the honor of his name. Your preservation, his love and protection of you, his guiding of you, is unto the honor of his name. Um, your salvation, your coming to that destination where you will be with your God forever and praise him forever means that much to him. All those things are in view when you confess the Lord is my shepherd. Now in verse 4, the dynamic changes a little bit. So in the first three verses, we have this wonderful, wonderful testimony, this wonderful confession in which David is talking about the shepherd, the one who is his shepherd. But in verses 4 through 6, he's talking to the shepherd. Now you can see it actually in the text, um, um, in, in uh, verses 1 through 3, the pronouns about the shepherd are in the third person. He makes me lie down. He leads me beside still waters. But when you move to verse 4 and following, the pronouns shift uh, to the second person. I will fear no evil for you, second person, you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So it's one thing to talk about the shepherd. It's another thing to talk to the Lord, our shepherd. Um, when I was in my great um, distress to be able to pray, to be able to talk directly to the shepherd, to be able to know that he was the one that was listening and caring. And that's the greatest comfort. And that's what verse 4 says to us. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. The shepherd is with us. And that's why we're not to fear any evil. But please note here, please note here, David's not saying that we will go through this life not facing evil. He tells us that when we encounter it, when we go through those dark valleys, that we need not fear any evil. For he is with us. And we're told here his rod and his staff, uh, they comfort us. Now, this is a part of the song where people have some debate about what is meant here. Does that mean you have a rod in one hand and a staff in the other? Uh, I tend to think it was... Uh, one instrument. It was uh, like a shepherd's crook. So what you do with a shepherd's crook is, let's say the, uh, the, uh, 
the uh, sheep are uh, doing something they shouldn't be doing. And so you go and use that, and you might tap them or nudge them. You use it as a tool of correction. It could be a rod, an instrument that could be used like a rod. But it also could be used uh, as a staff. So what almost all shepherds do when they, they have their crook is uh, there's usually a, a, a end that has a curve. And the reason why you have a curve is when the, the lambs or whatever get into those places where they should be, particularly into a marsh or near a creek, and they, they're in danger, and you can put that around them, around their neck, and pull them out. So that's this, this, this aspect here then of what the psalmist is telling us is that uh, when we need correction, when we are in a situation where we're doing what we shouldn't do, uh, the Lord is, is a shepherd with the rod that, that disciplines us. Uh, but yet he's also that one with, uh, that has that staff that, that helps us when we're in, in peril. And so, again, uh, the Lord, our shepherd, uh, doing everything uh, for our salvation. And then, um, and particularly in, in regard to uh, not only uh, that rod and the staff, not only in regard to us personally, but also um, if there are enemies, you know, if there were wolves or others who would come after the sheep, you would have this instrument uh, to ward them off. Uh, but as the psalm goes along, as we come to verse 5, we see that he does more than just defend us from our enemies. He also defies our enemies. Um, I don't know if you ever thought about that in regard to this verse before. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Um, friends, uh, there's a real sense that what is happening right now, right here in this place, as we are gathered together in the name of the risen Christ and worshiping the Lord our God, there is a taunt going on to the enemies of God. You see, <laughs> Jesus Christ um, has declared uh, that he is building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And you see this promise even here in the Old Testament, in which uh, this promise uh, that the Lord will be with us, uh, that we might flourish, and that we might be those who feast. Um, well, in worship, in the preaching of the word, in the ministration of the ga uh, sacraments, he gathers us together, and he feeds us with the word and spirit, and uh, and as he does that in the building of his church, there's nothing that Satan can do. Not one thing. Satan cannot stop this. Uh, this blessing that's going forward. Uh, this blessing that is taking place in the presence of our enemies. The oil in the cup bring in view the Holy Spirit. It's the anointing and preserving of the Holy Spirit. Um, uh, we have an anointing. Anointing that's not only sufficient, but abundant, my cup overflows. So even as we go through those dark valleys and we experience trials, we possess that which overflows 
and we have the promise that surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Well, this psalm, and then again, you know, it's like when I was on that hospital bed, my life was passing for me and thinking about things. But so you grow up on a farm, and uh, um, so what I, I did, all my uncles did, they all had hound dogs, and they would all go hunting through the night. And if you've ever been around hounds that are loyal and faithful, they will follow you anyway. That's what you're to think here, or at least an image that's so very helpful. The goodness and mercy of the Lord our shepherd are like two hounds that will follow you everywhere you go in this life. They're never going to leave you. They're never going to be away from you. They are following you everywhere you go and are going to be with you unto the end, until that time in which you're with the Lord God in heaven. What a promise. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What promises promises and uh, we're left uh, however not only rejoicing in the promises but also if we're true also if we look to our hearts um, we know that uh, this shouldn't be the case um, you know, we go down this song um, um, we're not those who go through our days thinking um, we're not wanting. We go through our days so often thinking this is what I don't have and what I need and we worry about what uh, is before us. Uh, we are those who worry about provision in this life. We are those who look for the soft option. We are those who do not always trust the shepherd. We are those who so often treat temporal things as if they are eternal and eternal things as if they were temple. How is it possible then? How is it possible for such good news that sinners like you and me have this promise that goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever? How is it possible? For are we not those of whom the prophet Isaiah rightly declares, we all, like sheep, have gone astray, each of us has turned to his own way. Friends, it's only possible, and you know the answer, it's only possible because of Jesus Christ. Truly, we all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned his own way. But as those wonderful verses in Isaiah also proclaim, but the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jesus Christ is the one who brings to pass all the promises of Psalm 23. He's the shepherd of Psalm 23. We were lost in our sin, deserving of the wrath and curse of God, but Jesus sought us out. Jesus is the seeking shepherd. Do you remember that parable in Luke uh, chapter 15 where Jesus tells the Pharisees, what man of you having a hundred sheep 
if he has lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on. Jesus sought us out. And he restored us. He lifts us. And he does so with rejoicing. He's the one who seeks us out. And then uh, he's the one who gives himself to us. For Jesus Christ is also the good shepherd. As we have read from John chapter 10, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Sheep are costly. Jesus had to pay a price for us. We are redeemed with his precious blood. So Jesus is the seeking shepherd who gathers his remnant flock. Jesus is the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. He bears our sins with a grand purpose. But Jesus is also the great shepherd who takes up his life again. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20 declares that the God of peace is brought again from the dead, the great shepherd of the sheep, the Lord Jesus Christ. He did so by the blood of an eternal covenant. Well, that wonderful passage in Hebrew has as its background Isaiah chapter 63. And in Isaiah chapter 63, the prophet uh, Isaiah is talking about Moses in the Exodus. And he's talking about how Moses was a shepherd to the people of Israel during the Exodus. And he led them out of captivity in order to make a glorious name for the Lord. And now you come to the, to the epistle of the Hebrews. And what are you told? What are you told? Jesus is better. As great as Moses was, Jesus is better. He's the great shepherd. What has the great shepherd done for his people? What has the great shepherd done for you and me, we who believe? He has led us out of captivity to death and brought us into the Sabbath rest of God. That's what the great shepherd has done. And he has done so that we might make a glorious name unto the Lord. We might give all glory and honor to our God. Jesus is the seeking shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd. Jesus is the great shepherd. Jesus is also the chief shepherd. 1 Peter 5, 4. When the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Jesus Christ is that one who came into this world to seek and save the lost. He accomplished that by laying down his life for us. He is the one who is with us now, and yet he is the one who is also uh, in heaven, that where he is, we shall be also. What is lacking in the shepherd's care of us? Nothing. Nothing at all. For in the Good Shepherd, we have everything. Well, uh, when I was in that hospital bed and things didn't look good, um, um, again, the Lord was so merciful to me and that uh, I knew that I belonged to the Good Shepherd. And... Uh, um, the uh, doctors and nurses, uh, they would all say to me later, you know, um, you had such a good attitude. Um, 
they, they would just be amazed by that. And I mean, they all would talk to me about that. And uh, I said to them, I'm a Christian. I have a living hope. Uh, Jesus Christ is raised from the dead. Um, you're in a hospital as long as I was. You get to know the rotations and the people. And uh, as it became known that uh, I was a Christian and uh, um, there were certain nurses that they would come in in the middle of the night and because they have to wake you up every two hours when you're in condition I was. They would take uh, my vitals and everything. And, and But uh, I had uh, one uh, nurse uh, uh, would sing hymns <laughs> in the middle of the night uh, because they knew that you know, we were joined in, in faith to Jesus Christ. Um, but, uh, um, you know, my prayer was that um, not just in hardship, not just in such adversity, to look to the Lord as my shepherd, but to look to the Lord as my shepherd if the Lord preserved me every day, and to know that he is where my goodness is found. And that's my prayer for you. But I'd like to leave you with, uh, with two things. Um, the first is um, my heart and my prayers uh, go out uh, to any of you who um, have lost loved ones during COVID. Uh, I preached a version, a version of this sermon in Texas late last year. And a, uh, a man afterwards um, thanked me for the sermon. Um, and he was praising God that the Lord uh, uh, was his shepherd. But he, he told me that uh, his wife had contracted uh, COVID. She was in her mid-30s. And she uh, didn't recover. Um, and uh, he and his three daughters, teenage daughters, uh, on one hand, they were heartbroken. On the other hand, um, they knew, just like she knew, um, that the Lord was the one in whom the resurrection hope was found and that he was their shepherd and uh, so again um, my heart does go out to you but I, I encourage you uh, just as that man testified uh, that the Lord is with you even if, it, it, if even if he brings a loved one to himself in glory secondly um, uh, I am so thankful. I am so thankful to belong to a church um, like the Orthodox Presbyterian Church. Um, as Ross mentioned uh, in the announcements, uh, your pastor uh, is away today because of the connectionalism that we have in the church. Uh, you are not alone in, here in this place, but you are joined to others. And uh, I am so thankful to belong to brothers and sisters like you who believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that Jesus Christ is the only remedy for sin, that Jesus, believe Jesus Christ is the one that literally rose from the dead on the third day, and he has ascended upon high. Uh, because when you're in those situations, um, a Jesus who is a good man, a Jesus who is an environmentalist, a Jesus who is a philanthropist, a Jesus who's just a nice guy, is not any comfort. The comfort is only found in Jesus, the Son of God, the perfect Son of God who died for our sins. 
because we know that we cannot save ourselves. I'm so thankful we belong to a church that preaches that and confesses that. I know OPC does not stand for only perfect church. <laughs> I know our sins. I know my, our weaknesses. I know how much we fail our Lord. But yet, I pray for us that, that we would rejoice in what we have. To know that we belong to a communion that preaches the gospel. And knows that the Lord works in lives by his word and spirit. And, and know the power of the resurrection. And that would impact us as we go through our days. Um, and so that's my encouragement to you from Psalm 23, to take this psalm to heart and to know that the Lord is your shepherd. Let's pray. Our Lord, our God, we do thank you again uh, for how you have been with us as a people. Oh Lord, we know that we do stray so often from you and we do seek out that way of life which is not according to your word. Please work in our hearts, O oh Lord, by your word and spirit, that we would die more and more to sin and live more and more to righteousness, that we would trust in the shepherd who has gone before us in all things, and that we would love him with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind. Do thank you again, O oh Lord, that we've had this privilege to come together. We do thank you again for our Savior. Help us, O oh Lord, to be a worshipful people, a loving people, a serving people. Help us, O oh Lord, uh, to carry one another's burdens. Help us, O oh Lord, to live the life uh, that is found in Jesus Christ. And it's his name we do pray. Amen.